It is time again for uh, Legal Talk right here on uh, E-Radio. A very big hello to you and uh, welcome. We discuss legal matters with Han and Han attorneys. And uh, today, joined again by Vainant Peters. Vainant, hello, how's it going? Good and you, Ion. I'm very well, thank you. I believe you are enjoying some rain up there in Pretoria, cooling down a bit, which is really nice. Hope you're enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, no, definitely. No, definitely. Like they say, it's, it's raining cats and dogs. Oh, really, eh? And uh, your traffic must be a nightmare because people forget how to drive when it's raining. But um, That's very true. <laughs> but yeah, along the coast for now, there's a bit of sunshine. I don't know, we've had strange weather these past few days. I believe there was a tornado also that went past us at one stage. I think it was over the sea and hit the Eastern Cape. I don't know. It kind of explains why the weather was so strange. But, um, yeah, we're hoping for sunshine in December, at least. Uh, but yes, uh, right now, least. the clouds are very dramatic, and uh, I just don't know what's happening. But anyway, uh, today's topic is also rather dramatic. There are prejudicial or oppressive conducts within the company, and the company is being mismanaged. So what can I do as a director or shareholder? That's uh, a very interesting topic. That's what we are discussing uh, today. So uh, I think, Vaynard, let's start off with uh, this question. What relief is available as a shareholder or director pertaining to the uh, uh, oppressive uh, conduct? So, Ian, the Companies Act provides a remedy to a director or shareholder who, in broad terms, complains of prejudicial or oppressive conduct. This is typically referred to as the oppression remedy. The Act gives the court power to make any interim or final order the court considers appropriate in the circumstances, including a wide and non-exhaustive list of orders. Okay. And uh, what elements must be satisfied to obtain relief pertaining to the uh, prejudicial or or oppressive uh, conduct? So it can be said that for a person, either as a director or shareholder, to be successful in obtaining the necessary relief, two broad elements must be satisfied. These being, firstly, there must be conduct that has taken place in the sense of conduct of the business, or the exercise of a director's powers of the company, or any relevant act or omission. And then secondly, this conduct referred to must be unfairly prejudicial or oppressive to the person applying to court for relief, or that unfairly disregards such person's interests. Okay, and Vainan, who may therefore apply for uh, relief in terms of the, uh, the conduct? So a shareholder or a director can apply for relief in respect of any prejudicial or oppressive conduct. The oppression remedy generally operates as a mechanism for the protection of minority shareholders. However, majority shareholders are still entitled to the oppression remedy. It has previously been stated by the courts that a majority shareholder or controlling shareholder of the company will not be granted relief under the oppression remedy on the basis that the majority shareholder is able to use its voting power to eliminate the oppression or prejudice of which it complains. This stems from the reasoning that a majority shareholder has sufficient voting power to rid itself of the prejudice 
the conduct therefore cannot be said to be unfairly prejudicial to it. Vainant, what is meant by oppressive or unfairly prejudicial? These are wide terms and the ambit is undefined by the Act. It can be said, however, based on earlier judicial decisions, that the necessary relief will be granted based on these terms if it is established that there is a visible departure from the standards of fair dealing or a violation of the conditions of fair play on which every shareholder is entitled to rely. Therefore, the emphasis is on the unfairness of the conduct complained of. It must be conduct which departs from the accepted standards of fair play or which amounts to an unfair discrimination against the minority. The rest, the test for the oppression remedy, is therefore unfairness as opposed to unlawfulness. Okay, and what important principle must be borne in mind if you are a minority shareholder and you want to rely on the oppression uh, remedy? So, despite the wide ambit of the relevant section of the Act, being section 163, which regulates the oppression remedy, granting relief in terms of oppressive and prejudicial conduct, it must be borne in mind that the conduct of the majority shareholders must be evaluated considering the fundamental corporate law principle that by becoming a shareholder of a company, one undertakes or agrees to be bound by the decisions of the majority shareholders. A minority shareholder therefore cannot obtain relief merely because he, she or it is outvoted on a certain issue or on a continuous basis being outvoted. Furthermore, relief cannot be granted merely on the basis of a loss of confidence in or dissatisfaction with the conduct of the company's affairs. Therefore, not all acts which prejudicially affects shareholders or directors which disregard their interests will entitle them to the relief sought. It must therefore be shown that the conduct that has taken place is not only prejudicial, but also that it is unfairly so. Okay, and uh, what are some of the available relief that uh, the court can grant for the oppressive conduct? So the range of orders that the court can make is very wide. The company Act sets out a non-exhaustive list of possible remedies, some of which are far-reaching. The court can inter alia make an order restraining the conduct complained of. It can place the company under supervision and commence business rescue proceedings in terms of Chapter 6. The court can further regulate the company's affairs by directing the company to amend its memorandum of incorporation or to create or amend a unanimous shareholders' agreement. Um, It can direct the company or any other person to restore to a shareholder any part of the consideration that the shareholder paid for shares or pay the equivalent value, which or without any conditions. Appoint directors in place of or in addition to all or any of the directors that are currently in office. And lastly, to pay compensation to an aggrieved person subject to any other law entitling that person to compensation. Okay, so let's say the company is now being misused by management. I mean, what can I do as a director or a shareholder, especially if I'm a a minority uh, shareholder? What can I do? 
So in this specific circumstance, the Companies Act makes provisions for a so-called derivative action to be brought by a person on behalf of the company in order to protect the legal interests of the company. It must be noted that a derivative action is brought by another person, such as a shareholder, in order to protect the legal interest of the company. The action is called derivative because the shareholder derives his, her, or its right of action from that of the company. This must be distinguished from the situation where shareholders wish to enforce their own shareholders' rights. This derivative action is a statutory exemption to the principle that when a wrong is done to the company, the proper plaintiff, in other words, the person to apply to court, is the company itself. Here, it is important to refresh the listener's memory of the fact that a company has all the legal powers and capacity of an individual, except to the extent that a juristic person, being the company, is incapable of exercising any such power or having any such capacity. A company can therefore sue and be sued in its own name. Therefore, the derivative action is an important minority shareholder protection measure. It shields the minority shareholders from the effects of corporate personality and majority rule. The action enables minority shareholders who know of a wrong that is done to the company and has remained unaddressed or unremedied by management of the company to institute proceedings on behalf of the company at court. This derivative action extends beyond any wrongs that have been committed by management or controllers of the company. It extends to wrongdoings that are committed by outsiders or third parties as well. Lastly, it is important to note that the Act holds in certain checks and balances to prevent abuse of the derivative action by any disgruntled director or shareholder. Amongst these being that the leave of the court must first be obtained to continue with any derivative action proceedings. Wijnand, who may apply to court for a derivative action? So the following categories of applicants or individuals may apply for leave for a derivative action. Firstly, shareholders or persons entitled to be registered as shareholders of a company or a related company, directors or prescribed officers of the company or any related company, registered trade unions that represent employees of the company or other representatives of employees of the company, and lastly, any person who has been granted to do so by the court. This may only be granted if the court is satisfied that it is necessary or expedient to do so in order to protect any legal right of that person. Okay, and what is the process, just uh, briefly, to uh, institute this uh, derivative action? So, any person who has the necessary standing or right may serve a demand on the company in question to commence or continue with any legal proceedings or take related steps to protect the legal interest of the company. A company that has been served with such a demand may apply within 15 days to court to set aside the demand only on the grounds that it is vexatious, frivolous, or without merit. Alternatively, within 60 business days after the company is served with a demand, the company must either initiate or continue legal proceedings or take related legal steps to protect its legal interests as set out in the demand or serve a notice on the person who made the demand refusing to comply with it. 
And that brings us to our final question for today. When can a person who demanded the company to rectify the concerns continue with the derivative action on behalf of uh, the company? A person who has made a demand to a company may apply to court to continue with the legal proceedings on behalf of the company only if the court is satisfied that the company has failed to take any particular step relating to the investigation of the demand and its response to that demand. Secondly, the company appointed an investigator or committee who was not independent or impartial. Thirdly, the company accepted a report that was inadequate in its preparation or was irrational or unreasonable in its conclusion and recommendations. The company acted in a manner that was inconsistent with a reasonable report of an independent, impartial investigator or committee. And lastly, the company has served a notice refusing to comply with such a demand. Vainan Peters, uh, thank you so much. Uh, that was another legal talk with uh, Han and Han attorneys here on E-Radio. Thank you for your time and uh, your knowledge. And uh, yeah, until next time. Thanks, Ion. Are you or your business in trouble and struggling to find a solution? Call Hahn & Hahn Attorneys as we assist clients in finding solutions. We specialize in consumer and food law, commercial and construction law, forensic investigations and administrative law. Visit hahnlaw.co.za. That's H-A-H-N. We assist clients nationwide. Hahn & Hahn Attorneys. Because we care. Don't miss Legal Talk with Hahn & Hahn Attorneys Wednesday mornings at 10 on E-Radio.